Hello and welcome to the Art and Podcast from the Weavers Factory Gallery. I'm Julian Bovis and today we're talking about art and graduation with Penny Macbeth, who is the Dean at Manchester School of Art. Hi Penny, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, we're recording this podcast live from the Joan Charney Textile Prize, an award which we gave to three of your textile students yeah. last summer. You've had a look around the exhibition. What did you think? I think it's fantastic. Um, I love the fact that you've actually uh, got the students to bring their graduation show or parts of the graduation show, but you've also uh, given them this amazing opportunity to work directly from Joan's archive of designs and drawings and paintings, which I know is extensive, and to create a new piece of work from that. So they've all done an amazing repeat pattern uh, fabric, but also uh, sort of showed their personality in different ways in making other artifacts and products to go alongside. So I think it's a, a really interesting show in that it's in two parts and it celebrates sort of their journey through art school, but it also celebrates the work of Joan and an opportunity at this stage for graduating students, young designers and artists is really important. It gives them confidence, it gives them hope, it gives them a sense of direction and it kind of adds to their CV, I think, particularly. So. I know I know Joan was an alumni of Manchester yes, School of Art as yeah. well, and I know when I know I think she did about four or five years there. I think she went back and did a few courses, yeah. and I think when she left, it was a, it was a struggle as well. I think all, when all students leave and they graduate, it's hard for them to it's hard for them to decide what to do next. Um, when what was the first thing you did after you graduated? Yeah, I actually graduated in textiles as well, but I specialised in embroidery. But I did do print as well. And I wanted to carry on as an artist and designer and it is quite difficult in textiles because often the work is freelance unless you're working in an area perhaps like woven textiles where you might get a design job in a mill or something or you may get a studio job. Uh, I decided to go home actually and I went home because I didn't want to just be temping. I knew I needed to focus on carrying on my art career so I had a raft of jobs a bit like students do today working in a nightclub and various things but I saw that as just my way of earning my keep and then I took basically decided I was going to be a professional artist designer from that moment and that was how I would view myself and so I, I set up really early um, a art, textile art um, group um, sort of like a young version of the 62 group really that wasn't uh, discipline specific and I set it up because I kind of encountered the curator at Stafford Art Gallery which used to be a very good art gallery I don't think it exists anymore it became Shire Hall Gallery and he had a pot of money which was the Staffordshire County Council Art Funds and for some reason I got talking to him in the gallery and he said oh we actually have some art uh, awards you can go for to set this group up if you want to it, as long as you do a lot of uh, outreach activities with schools as part of the the work so I did that quite quickly and then I was also given the opportunity to be part of I think it was called British Textile Design which was a big sort of trade show and student bit of it at uh, which was a like, biennial show for the textile industry but it was the moment in the textile industry or one of those moments in the textile industry where the mil a lot of the mills and factories were shutting I was a Midlands based student and went to Birmingham Institute of Art and Design which was part of Birmingham Poly and I distinctly remember and particularly now I live in a in a, you know a Pennine town that a lot of the Yorkshire 
weavers uh, and those designers and mainly guys that worked in those uh, factories and mills coming to talk to us and sort of saying the industry's dying and me thinking oh dear (laughs) (laughs) did you think think you'd chosen the wrong path I suppose well I suppose I wasn't a woven textile designer so I wasn't too worried and actually in hindsight interestingly a lot of those firms have have stayed around and there are some still some amazing high-end bespoke woven textile firms like Abraham Moon in West Yorkshire and and all around this 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 sort of Pennine region of uh, this, the area that we're in now so there are a lot of finishers still and dyers not lots but there are still this is where you'll find textile production still happening in the UK is around this area and so it's quite interesting really that that was his view but a lot of them did shut and I know we I, we talked in just now another podcaster Warren who's one of the yeah. artists in the show and he was talking about internships yes and how that is a, is, is a big challenge to try and survive when you're young yes. when, when the world's full of interns because I know when I left college internship didn't exist yes. and people were paid yes weren't they how do you think how do you think graduation is now as opposed to when you left college in some ways it's not dissimilar in a, in a textile subject I would say um, because you have to potentially take on lots of different jobs and roles and commissions and not necessarily know which one's going to fly for you um, and so it's similar in that way I think there are more opportunities now but that you have to look outside of your discipline there are lots of creative opportunities for young people there are lots of organizations I think creativity and cultural products have more cachet and more value than they did say in the 80s not early 90s um, and therefore they're out there but it's trying to navigate this wealth of information and of course there is social media and there is the internet and so you can go about if you have the confidence setting up your own label getting yourself out there to a global audience so I think that's the difference I remember somebody at the trade show I went to and I think he was a Portuguese buyer and he just said next time you're in Portugal come and show me your folder and he bought several of my drawings actually and paintings and then somebody else said next time you're in the States come and show us your folder and I think it was some sort of wall organisation and I remember thinking I'm not going to the States and obviously now flights are much cheaper, travel is, the world seems much smaller in terms of your ability to get somewhere or ability to send designs and have conversations so I think I think it's still as hard, it's still as complex, but you can get to know people and develop all sorts of quite interesting professional relationships online if you present yourself in the right way, I would say, today. I think, I think you're right. I think we, we sort of take Instagram and, and Facebook, all these different things for granted, the fact that it's always been there, but it hasn't. I think no. when, I was, when I left college, you used to have to, used to, have to rather make appointments with people, yes. ring them up, or... I used to, you may used to send um, things in, like photo, you yeah. just go down to the news agents, photocopy something and send mm. it in. And, um, and if you heard back, you were lucky. Yes, absolutely. Whereas now you can just engage in a whole conversation. I, I, at one point, I, I was lucky enough, I did an MA and then I, I won a, an award at New Designers and ended up working with Habitat UK um, in India. And from those contacts, I decided I was going to start up a small sort of import business having products designed and made in India and importing and that went quite well and it was mainly based around handmade papers and books and then we were going to develop a textile range and for for a whole range of reasons didn't but that business would have been really much more viable now 
And we, we often look back and say, actually, if we'd have done that 10, 15 years later, the internet would have made that business much more viable yeah. than it really was. I suppose it is. It can be easier, can't it, to set up on your own? Because yeah. Warren was talking about a brand, about how easy it is to create a brand. Because you can create a brand and make... And, and how you portray yourself online, you can portray... I think Warren said that whole thing about fake it till you make it. But you Absolutely. can create this yes. online yeah. brand for yourself and, and be successful before yes. you're successful. Almost like Skipper. Absolutely. And kind of you can see that in Warren's work. He's he has almost already created a brand. I think you can see that because it sings through uh, even in the designs that he's uh, used from the archive. It still looks very Warren brand on brand to me yeah. from that. And so I think it's if you have that confidence and in a sense realise that's what you're doing and that it, you know, we all suffer from imposter syndrome, don't we? But yeah. in a sense, I do think if you get that right, you, you can do it quite easily and and also there are brands out there doing it and they, they'll probably say there's a tipping point in when they feel like they're just really trying and then suddenly it, when it really takes off and they're doing all those right trade fairs and doing having getting that group of customers and clients that they really want i suppose it's i suppose it's also when students graduate knowing what they want to be within that industry because yes. i know yeah. from one of the prize winners um, Megan Ditchfield in this show she she got a job straight from your degree yes. show and she's gone straight into industry and for her that is the path she wants to Absolutely. take but I think Warren's more individual yes, and you know yeah. I think maybe as a graduate if you know who you're going to be that helps it does help and sometimes you have to just ride with those offers and opportunities some of which you perhaps hadn't imagined for yourself and others of which you know we have students who go out into industry jobs they might do three or four years and they're but their longer term aim is to set up on their own and then then others come at it from a different angle and they'll set up artist collectives or makers collectives and that sort of thing so so they're quite tenacious i think today's graduates yeah i think they, i think they are and you know as a city manchester is amazing. Well, I, yeah. I studied architecture in Plymouth, and this is back in the 1980s, and I remember the first thing I thought I had to do was move to London, because back in the 80s you did Yes, that. you did, yeah, I thought There wasn't that really well. another option, no. but it's very different today. I mean, there are, do you think there are a lot of art and design opportunities in Manchester? Yeah, I do, and I think uh, we, we have a whole uh, curriculum based around how you're going to navigate and use Manchester and, and create creative opportunities in Manchester. So we have this um, unit called Unit X that sits in every year of all students' course, and it's where they work on interdisciplinary projects to project briefs that are externally set. And so uh, we had a group working on um, Festival Square for International Festival, uh, designing furniture and artefacts for Festival Square and we've done that for every festival I think for the last four years we created a really nice little film around it this year and what was interesting there is we work with Christine Court who's the managing director of the festival we work with the designers and alumni um, on it as well so the designers for the festival work with our student groups and I think this year it was interior designers textile designers product designers and possibly some fine artists thrown in there working on things and what we what we tend to do is is we've got alumni that have gone through that process that have that are really strong designers now and have set up their own design companies in Manchester and so we had a group of alumni helping to to actually put these designs into into production for the festival so they were then furniture or 
artworks to hang on the walls or whatever it was they produced. So, so we tend to try and bring alumni back into that conversation so that that signposts to, to the graduates this is what you might do, this is how you might approach it. But because we've developed this kind of collective way of working and bring interdisciplinary groups together, the, the graduates tend to realise, oh, there's so-and-so over there, there's that architecture student or there's that interior student or that photographer, yeah, I'm going to approach them and work with them. They're much more used to making having those conversations that you or I might have found quite difficult to make or might have just happened because they were part of your social network, whereas we kind of people engineer all the way through the course so they're doing their specialism but alongside that they're doing this um, series of project vehicles and series of working with lots of other groups of creatives that allows them to kind of start to intersect it builds a network for them before they graduate and I think Manchester's got loads of opportunities I mean obviously things like International Festival and the Factory there's lots of cultural venues there's lots of broadcast and TV, games, film coming to this region to set up and on the back of those are all sorts of other creative opportunities and industries coming coming too. So I would say it's as vibrant as it's ever been, I would. I mean, there's, there's definitely a difference, isn't there, between yeah. how much it used to be seen as it is as it is seen now. I mean, London was always the place, but now yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like that anymore. No, and, and you do get quite a lot of people moving up because studios are difficult in London now. And so you'll get people moving into um, this region because there are still good studios. I mean, we've seen studios moving, um, having to move because of development. But the City Council, of course, are really proactive in Manchester in terms of helping to support that studio culture. So we are very lucky because we have a very enlightened um, kind of uh, Manchester City Council that understand that creativity and having creatives in the city is important it's that it's that whole old, old story isn't it it's like it was like that in new york in the yeah in the 70s yeah. and 80s and then london in the 80s and 90s and the creatives move in and then the yeah. developers come in Absolutely. and then there's always that struggle yeah. isn't there yeah and that's what i think most are seeing now that struggle yeah. about how the balance between the creatives yeah. that made the city exciting but they do understand i think that that's what's needed and so places like rogue studios that have moved from it in the inner city to right in the city behind Piccadilly to Gorton and you know they've been really supported in doing that so so there are initiatives that are trying to kind of make sure that we don't lose all of that vibrancy so I think uh, we're in a good place but obviously you have to keep that as a watching brief because yeah. it is very important because it has changed quite dramatically I've been at Manchester about eight years now um, and it's changed considerably in the last eight years obviously with the pace of development but yeah there's a lot of investment money in Manchester and I think students as long as they're confident and try things really not not worrying too much about taking um, creative risks that's important and lastly I was just going to ask you if you were a student today how would you do it definitely after you graduated what would you do well, I'd definitely set up an Instagram account <laughs> straight away and I'd probably have had a lot more social presence than than on social media. Obviously, there wasn't anything like that. I, I, I would be getting on those flights to go to see those people that offered me those opportunities. <laughs> you would have taken the invite. Yeah, I would have taken the invite and it would have seemed much more normal. And I actually now think, why on earth didn't I think that I could do that and that I wouldn't have got a good reception because I probably would have sold a lot more work and maybe stayed in New York or something and 
ended up working there. But I suppose my expectations were much more limited in those days. So uh, yeah, it would be that. And I would, uh, I I always used to collaborate with people. So it's not that it's not that I would say I would collaborate more, but I would, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's what I would do. Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you very much. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks that's for okay. Chatting. Good. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. -bye.